Hey guys, welcome back to the Puppet Master Podcast. It is Monday, and I'm your host, John. I'm Doe. And we're here to talk about another strange happenstance in the world today. And I have no idea what it is. Yeah, you have no idea what it is. Now, we've been talking a lot about government conspiracies, I feel like, in these past two episodes, you know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, first we did Antarctica, and, you know, there's that whole... The whole Operation High Jump thing we talked about with the Nazi underground base. Uh, it was last week. And the episode should be up now. It was it went up yesterday. Yep. Uh, which I gotta say, uh, getting five views within the first 12 hours of it being up, that's way better than... Hey, that's not episode. bad, man. That's way better than the last one. Uh, I won't get the full analytics until tomorrow, but five going up by five is pretty impressive. So I'm pretty happy with that. So thank you, guys. Uh, but yeah, I feel like we've been going on the government a bit too much, you know, area 51, that's a classic, all that crap. Uh, Right, right. So today I figured we would talk about a cryptid. A cryptid. Okay. I figured we'd talk about a cryptid and have a nice little fun episode about its supposed sightings and the history of the cryptid. So now... Without further ado, we're not we're not talking about Mothman, sadly. Oh, though he is my favorite cryptid of all time. We are not talking about him. We're actually talking about like probably, uh, yeah. Okay, never mind. I was gonna say he's like in my top ten, but I don't even think he makes the top ten. What? (laughs) But uh, but the history is very interesting. So is he? Technically, people call it a she, but like I guess it can be a he. Uh, but anyway, him. yeah, he shush him. We don't know, but it's like you know. Uh, but for those wondering, top top three best cryptids is uh, Mothman, the Fresno Nightcrawlers, and uh, the Chupacabra in that order. But anyway, uh, let's get let's get to it. The cryptid we are talking about today is the Loch Ness monster. Oh, Nessie. We're talking about Nessie today. And so this episode is going to be a bit different than all the other episodes that we've done so far. Uh, So usually what we do is I go over the history of something that is, you know, the factual history of it. And then we go over the actual theories that is based around, uh, you know, the subject that we are talking about. This is going to be a bit different. Uh, I'm going to go into the history of Nessie as a creature. From its earliest sightings. And okay. then I'm going to go into the most famous sightings of the creature. And I will go for the evidence for and against it. First, I'll go with the evidence for it. And then I'm going to go with the evidence against it. So I'm going to tell the story, then the evidence, and then the evidence against it. All right, all right. So that's how we're going to go through it today. And, well, yeah, I think without further ado, I think we're ready to start. All right. All right, so, located in the depth of Loch Ness, which, by the way, is the deepest lake of all the United Kingdom, in the Scottish Highlands lies a terrifying sea serpent who, through thousands of years, has now been terrifying the local populace and tourists and has become, I believe, the top three best well-known cryptids in the world. Mm-hmm. And ever since 2012 has been bringing in Scotland, the country, $42 million a year in tourist revenue. No way. 
Yes, actually, it is one of their is their most is Scotland's most lucrative tourist business. That's actually crazy, dude. It is insane, dude. Never like like the Mothman Festival brings in so much cash for Point Pleasant every single year. That's why they do it so often. Yeah, that's uh, wow. Like, but uh, like forty two million dollars a year. Yeah, forty two million dollars a year since twenty twelve. Yes. So what do they have? Like, do they have like a tour to try? Like, they have a museum. They have a society. They have tours. They have gift shops. They have themed restaurants. They have themed like hotels. They have sightseeing events. Yeah, they have everything. Okay. Like the town right next to Loch Ness is just like entirely devoted to the creature, pretty much. It, it's it's again, it's a, ever since like a, the 2010s, there has been a yearly Nessie hunt, which we're gonna get into the 2023 one near the end of this. But let's I didn't not get know it was named after a town. Oh, it's not. It's um, it's the town of Loch Ness. Uh, like oh the, the, yeah oh yeah but okay I didn't know that's where like the name came from though yeah like the town of Loch Ness is called Ivnaris that's what's called it's called Ivnaris Ivnaris yeah and the lock itself runs from Ivnaris uh to Fort William okay so it's a very big lake which is again why people think that the monster you know can can hide okay. Uh, and inside of it but anyway um now this is where i'm going to talk about the first sighting of the creature but this is actually very complicated to do because really? there has been stone carvings and paintings dating back centuries years old of the creature or of a similar creature whoa so the long, the oldest one I could find was one that dated back from 300 to 900 AD, done by the Pick Society, P I C T, and that is the ancient Scottish people. Um, and basically, there was a snake drawing on a rock right next to Loch Ness. Whoa! And, and it depicted it like with a bunch of people. So it's like big snake here, like be be scared. Wait, that's so cool. Now, a lot of scholars and cryptozoologists like to argue if this was actually Nessie or just snake symbolism because Pickish paintings use a lot of snakes. Oh, did they? Yeah, they use a lot of snake symbolism. So they're just like, is this just like, is this a warning or is this just a coincidence? It was like okay. an artist just having, you know, like a funny, fun time drawing a snake. Um, but again, nearby, there was another carving but it was an elephant type creature with flippers. So it's like, okay, hmm. is this another possible old creature? Or is, you know, is this like just yeah. an artist rendition? So it's a popular argument. If you talk to the people in the town, of course they say it's Nessie. So, you know, they could drum up that excitement. Like Nessie's oh. been around since 300 AD, but you know. Hell yeah. Heck yeah, brother. And it's, um, now I do want to say one more thing before we actually get started into the fervor documented. Uh, and that is that Scottish folklore has a repeating phenomenon of sea creatures. Do they? They do. Uh, mm. They have this kind of genre of creatures that is just big animals put into water. Dude, something's in those Scottish seas, man. I would, <laughs> dude. I swear they, they got stuff. They got kelpies, which are murder horses that live in the water. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, 
they're they depend on the story but most of the time kelpie's disguise himself as this really pretty horse and if mm. you ride on it you're trapped riding them and then they go into the water and drown you and like reveal their true nature once you get on their back damn uh there's selkies which are seal people and so they're like uh they're seals there's see there it's the belief that people used to believe that seals were like people underneath the seal skin for some reason and sometimes oh. like those people would come out like the seals would come on the beach and they would like shed the seal skin and they'd be human underneath and so they the like hell? and then they rejoin in human society for a bit and then they would go back out as a sea like as a seal in the water and so whenever anybody went missing by the beach, you'd be like, oh, they must have been a selkie. Hmm. That's uh, yeah. fascinating. There's the blue men of Kinch, which were sirens that were guys, and they would uh, they would mm. drag people off the boats during storms to eat them. And um, one that I we see. don't have any evidence on, and I would love if somebody could provide the name of it to me, uh, was an elephant-like creature that swam and had like it had flippers and would like swim for the water and it was as big as an elephant had a trunk and everything which is weird because elephants were not around in scotland that was the other drawing that was the other drawing yes we there's apparently like there's a couple drawings of it but like we don't know anything about it okay so you know it's just weird Uh, i really want to know uh, what if anybody has any information? I just cannot find because I just want to know what the elephant swimmer is. Yeah, you don't know the name of it. I d- I could not find the name of it. I could find a couple drawings of it, but I could not find the name of it. Um, but anyway, after this point, you know, Loch Ness monster does come up again before the like um before the thousandth century. Okay. Like, um, it comes up in the thousand five, century. Yeah, I guess not thousand, but like the you know the nineteen hundreds. We'll go with that. That's basically like the modern sightings of it. But uh, even though people argue that there was an earlier one in eighteen hundreds, but we're not we're not we're not getting we're not getting to that. You know what I'm saying? No um, need for specifics. No need for specifics yet. Um, basically, the first one, the first one. Then it ended up happening. Oh, by the way, in the chat, uh, I just posted a picture of that uh, Loch Ness uh, monster rock carving. Um, mm. But to make sure that... So, the very first sighting was in 565 AD um, where a Christian monk named St. Columbia um, he was a saint, you know, St. Columbia. And he was also the man that was credited for spreading the religion of Christianity around Scotland. And he became the patron saint of Derry, which is a town in Scotland. So, you know, he was a pretty important guy. And um, basically, this Wren story says that why mm-hmm. he was going along his walk, he, cram- he came across a couple locals, local picks, and they were burying a dead guy. Okay. Right, right next to Loch Ness. And uh, your mic's oh. a bit low, by the way, though. I'm just saying. My mic is low? Yeah. Mm. Hello? Yeah, there we go. Awesome. Sorry. About oh, that. okay. All right. But anyway, um, so he came across these pick locals, and they were burying somebody. Um, and he asked them about it, and they told him that there was a vicious aquatic snake inside the lock. 
And so mm. Colombo and like Columba. Why did I say Colombo? <laughs> I love that show. Uh, Columba was just like, hmm, I need to do something about this. And so he sent one of his followers in for a swim in the lake. And the monster let itself be known and it like attacked the guy swimming. And he signed a cross over his heart and yelled, go no further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once, you vile creature. And the creature never returned of again. What? That's the story. And, you know, one. this is one of the stories of the Holy Saint, St. Columba, Columbia. That's Columbo. still told in, don't call him Columbo, he's a holy saint. It's one, it's one of the stories <laughs> still called in Derry to this day. Um, but this was written 100 years after the event supposedly happened by a, na- by a man named Abedomen. Okay, Abedomen? Yeah, because he wrote a bunch of stories about St. Columbia and a lot of them people are just like that did not happen and some of them did happen you know it's like okay um so you know a lot of people like to argue its legitimacy especially with uh there was a lot of water-based tales being made around the exact same time that he wrote this so a lot of people don't even think it was nessie but some other water creature that he made up oh well okay and a lot of Irish people come out these days, and it's just like, um, that's actually an Irish monster. That's not a, uh, that's not a uh, Scottish monster because you know the saint was Irish; he wasn't Scottish. Okay. So there's like, uh, he he has to be. It has to be an Irish monster, probably. Then, now, yeah. again, we're gonna get a bit technical, and a lot of people argue if the story is real or not. But a man named D. Macanies, I cannot find his full first name. Because in the newspaper report that I looked at, um, it only addressed him as a D. Mackenies. And uh, so That's he weird. spotted, an, yeah, and he spotted an object that looked like a log wiggling in the water. And then it sped up and then it disappeared, like sunken. And okay. he saw this all the way back in 1871, but he would not tell people about it until 1934 when the public started to take interest in the beast because he thought that people would. Like, call him crazy, I guess. So he waited, like, 60 years? Yeah. What? So it's people kind of thought he was just, you know, he wanted attention. So Yeah. But After 60 years, who even cares? 60 years is a bit long. Now, this is where things get a bit weird, but I also really like this. Because you're going to listen to these descriptions that people are going to give, and you're going to be like, that's not Nessie. Okay. So in 1888, Alexander MacDonald, that's his name... Uh, mm-hmm. A stonemason, he looked out into the lock and apparently saw a human-sized salamander. What the hell? He, he saw a salamander, and it walked onto the shore about 50 feet, looked at him, and then ran back into the lock. What? The f- what? He's, and then he went to the newspaper and he like, I saw a human-sized salamander. <laughs> and they're like, holy crap, that's huge. Um, you know how crazy that'd be? That'd be so scary. Dude, he just saw Salamander and the Salamander just looked at him and then ran back to the lock. And a human-sized Salamander? Now we're going to talk about uh, for everybody, this is a lot of people discredit this because they're like, oh, that's not true Nessie. And it's like, okay, but then they point to this next door I'm going to talk to you about where it, I argue it's also not Nessie. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, 
this big quote unquote first real sighting. And on May 2nd, 1933, a woman named Aldi McKay told her story to their local newspaper, the Intervis Courier. And she is the manager of the Drew, uh, Drumendach Hotel, which, fun fact, has been created into the Loch Ness Center. It's been repurposed. Oh. Yes. And she ran to, the story goes that she ran to a public bar and started cra- this crazy yelling. And the story, according to her, is that while she and her husband were driving down A82 Highway on April 15th, she saw a massive whale-like creature rolling around in the water. Hmm. So it's like, it's this massive whale in the lock. And the article contains a lot of other valuable info uh, and enough even further interviews with the woman. And the main things are that the article is a first-run source to use the term monster when describing the beast, but Loch Ness Monster would not be coined yet. And the second one is that in a later reprint of the article, it, they quoted all these screaming, stop a beast as they passed, and also admits that she and pretty much everyone in the area already knew about old stories of beasts and monsters that were in the lock. Oh. With the right. With the writer of the article emitting something similar, saying that the lock has been credited for containing monsters for generations. Whoa. So there's like everybody was pretty much like, we've been told that there's monsters in the lock for years. And the writer himself, who's lived in next to it his entire life, is just like, Yeah. Like we've been told there's monsters there for years. But it's I just go there. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty much only famous for Nessie now, but you know. Yeah. Um, but again, so these first free sightings, I just want to run them back out because I think they're neat because they don't have anything else to do with the future sightings we're going to talk about. They don't. Yeah, because when you think about it, we have an aquatic snake. We have a big snake. We yeah, have a true. human-sized salamander. And we have a whale. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't sound anything like the pleosaurus that people think that Nessie is, right? Yeah, so how did that come about? Well, we're actually going to talk about that. This next sighting was the one that started off the general, I guess, quote-unquote, like, design. But I, I, I would go with more of the features that people associate with Nessie nowadays. Um, when was it, like, coined? Uh, the, like, the Loch Ness Monster? Yeah. Actually, in this very next uh, signing we're going to talk about. Mm. So this, in my opinion, is the actual big one um, because all these was about a gigantic whale. But this next one is more similar to what we expect. And uh, also a lot of people, this is very similar with cryptid sightings. So in the same year in 1933, when Aldi said that she saw the beast, two other famous sightings happened in the exact same year. It's, really? Um, for what? For the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, but like, what happened? Oh well, we'll get into that. I just wanted to point out that whenever you talk about these cryptid stories, the as soon as one person says that they saw something extraordinary, a bunch of more sightings happen. Oh, I, I just thought. Oh, I just okay. That. So they're not like they don't seem to be as credible. That's what a lot of people think. I just figured I'd point that out. Um, okay. I don't know if there's an actual term for it. But I like to call it. Uh, I like to call it the Mothman phenomenon, okay. because Mothman is the most famous example of it. Because there was 
roughly eight oh, famous yeah. sightings after the first day that it happened. So that's why I like to call it that. But anyway, uh, so George Spicer was the next Ooh. man and arguably what the most famous uh, like actual sighting of the beast that was not a picture. Uh, and he was driving along on July 22nd, 1943 at night. And then he saw a 25 foot long creature walk in front of his car before submerging itself into the lock below. What? According to him, the creature was incredibly large, again, 25 feet long, and had a massive giraffe-sized neck. And he saw no limbs on the animal. What the hell? He then went on record to state it was the closest thing to a living dinosaur he had seen. And supposedly, in its mouth, it had a big animal of sorts with webbed feet, and it was chewing on it. So what the hell? This is the this is the first time that the creature of Loch Ness was described as a Pleosaurus. Okay, so he claims he saw that. Yes. How does that he know a, it's twenty five feet? Well, he it was a rough uh, guesstimate. He didn't actually like measure it. Okay. He claimed it was twenty five feet. He's like this. This must be twenty five feet. Like it was massive. Uh, right. For if you don't know, I posted what a Pleosaurus picture, like I posted a Pleosaurus in chat. So he said it looked like a m- even bigger version of that. Hmm. That's, um, that's scary. Yeah, they're carnivores. Yeah. People, I don't know why people think that like the Loch Ness monster, if it is a Pleosaurus, it's like this calm, gentle. Pleosaurus are vegan. It's a vegan. It's an omnivore or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, and this um, article was published on August 4th, and this was the first time that the term Loch Ness Monster was used. Oh. And it would be used later on from this. This was the first story that put the image of Nessie into everybody's minds. It was the one that made it a household name and became international. And after this sighting, it became even, and after this, the sign became even more common, due in part with the local government building a new road right next to the lock, which allowed tourists and everyday populace to go and visit. And this continued oh. the buzz of the monster. Now, again, um, according to the government, this has been planned for you know some time now. The road has been, and the road did just finish construction during like near this interview. Uh-huh. Like a little bit after this interview, but you know, some people are just like, oh, they did this just to capitalize on it. But it, yeah. this is one of the times that I disagree with it because it takes a bit to make a road. That is true. So I disagree with that. But again, it, you know, it fuels sightings. Um, now, again, like I said before, before we go into the next super famous story, uh, I'm going to talk about the evidence against this because I think it's crazy. <laughs> It's one of the few times I think an explanation for a sighting is like crazier than, you know, the actual sighting, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, yep. it's, it's such like um, weird back and forth. So in 2013, a University Columbia story, who was, which was done by Daniel Loxton, he claims to have solved this because there was no evidence brought against it for years. And so for the first time, this guy came out and was like, I got it. I figured it out. And so here we go. 
You see, in 1933, guess what movie came out? I have no idea. King Kong. Oh, okay. And it was incredibly popular in London. And George was from London. He was in Scotland for vacation. Right. You're right. So, in that movie, for a couple minutes, there's this brief scene of King Kong on Skull Island fighting a Plesiosaurus-type creature off. Oh, okay. And so, like, the Plesiosaurus on screen is incredibly similar to the Plesiosaurus that, like, he described on the road. And so, Loxton says that Daniel must have over- saw what was in front of him and due to an overreactive imagination connected it to the movie and started uh, filling in the blanks. Or, uh, or more nefariously, he heard of the tale of Nessie from Aldi, the woman, and saw an easy way to make to gain fame and just base it off of a movie he saw. Uh, yeah. As well, this, if you really think about oh. this, was the first time that this description of Nessie was ever used. Like I said, that before. is true. But do the future sightings have that same description? Have the exact same description? Yes. Hmm, as this, yeah, I don't know. Which I'm just gonna be honest. I I would love the Loch Ness monster if it was just a big whale in a place it should not be in. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It's just a big whale. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a whale in a place it should not be. <laughs> That's funny. That would be awesome. Or Nobody just, can get it out. It's like the big cat phenomenon in Britain. The be, what? Oh, dude. Uh, so every two, uh, roughly one to every two years, there a random wild big cat, like a lion or a pamper, just shows up in Britain for some reason. <laughs> it's so bad that they have a government like like a government branch dedicated to researching it. That's awesome. Cuz it will just appear somewhere in Britain. We're going don't worry, that's going to be an episode one day. Okay. It's 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 so funny, dude. It's like the phantom kangaroo phenomenon. It is so hilarious. <laughs> I love that one. But anyway, um so that is the supposed evidence against it. So you could either say he has an overactive reaction I mean, like imagination or he just wanted to get a quick buck, I guess. Quick buck. Um, Quick buck. Um, so again, all Nessie signs into the future will be based on this creature. So, dude, imagine if the Loch Ness monster was just a gigantic human-sized salamander <laughs> that walked dude. on hind legs. Dude, that'd be so that funny. would probably be worse. You don't that like that more one. creepy. No, uh, I don't. True. That's true. That is some like Lovecraft stuff, I guess. Like you know, like the fish people coming out of the water. That's terrifying, man. <laughs> oh, now I kind of. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. Again, I know I know I keep diverting, but I would just I just really like the idea that Loch Ness has been this this home for like different types of monsters for like generations. Uh-huh. That would be dude. Can you imagine instead of just the Loch Ness monster, we just saw different cryptids like come out every couple of years? Oh, that would be so cool. It's like a monster lake. That'd be dude, awesome. That would be cool. But it's it's sad. New update. New new update just dropped, bros. I saw Mothman coming out of the Loch Ness. Dude, you know how crazy that would be. That would be awesome. But anyway, we back, back, back to the back on back on track. Uh, the last major signing in 1933 was done by a Hugh Gray, and it was on November 13th, where he took a picture of the of the creature, 
um, okay. by walking his dog. Now, the photo, as soon as it came out, was put under a men's stout, with many thinking that the photo was that of a, a log. Um, of a oh. of a log or uh, of his even more nefarious of his dog playing in the river. Hmm. Or uh, some people say it's an it's an otter. That I, I, that's the most popular one. That's just an otter. Again, I post in the chat. An otter. Um, yeah. Um. He actually lost the original photo at right at shortly after this until 1963. Or a man that named looks like a dog. Yeah, I, but a man in 1963 named Maurice Burton, and we're gonna talk about Maurice Burton a lot. Um, All right. But he managed to regain the parts of the photo, and this allowed him to project it onto a wall to get the original photo in front of a group of skeptics and himself, and they all agreed like this is a dog like with a stick, or it's an otter. This okay. Not, this is not the monster. <laughs> And, you know, of course, Hugh Gray is just like, it's the monster. And everybody's like, else is like, ah, I don't know. So, you know, it's again, it's a, it's a skeptic thing. Um, yeah. Now, uh, we're going to go into 1934 now. And on January okay. 5th, this is one of the, again, uh, one of the famous earlier sightings. A man named Arthur Grant just so happened to be on the newly built road on his motorcycle. And again, Muslim Chatway saw um, on his motorcycle, and he the creature was right in front of him, like he almost hit it, like like it was oh. a deer. It was just on the road. No way. Yeah, it was one o'clock at night, one a.m. So it was one in the morning, uh, and with the moonlit road, he almost ran over the thing, and he just had to stop in front of it. Uh. And, and he said almost the exact same description as George, but he had a few small changes. One, oh, what were that? Its neck and head were smaller than what uh, he said, along okay. with the rest of its body. He said it looked more seal-like than dinosaur. More seal? Yes. He said that it looked more similar to a brontiosaurus of sorts, like a small hmm. aquatic brontiosaurus, not a pleosaurus. Okay. And it looked like its skin was made of like seal blubber and not, you know, like uh, dinosaur skin. Oh, which, you know, I think that's that's actually pretty neat. <laughs> so he was just like, he's like, it, it looks a lot like a dinosaur, but uh -huh. I think it I think it was more like a seal subspecies. Like seal a relative, I don't know, like a big, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know what the, I don't really know what to say, honestly, but I just think that's I just thought that was cool how he described it. Uh, and that's the drawing of it, uh, what he supposedly saw. As you can see, its flippers are very seal-like. Very. And like um, its feet are also more like the back end of the seal flippers. And to add a little bit more credence into the story, Arthur, Arthur was also a veterinary student. Veterinarian student. Oh, okay. So he knew a thing or two about animals. And a lot of mm -hmm. people took his word for it. Except for a Maurice Burton. If you remember him from earlier, he was not mm -hmm. convinced. And um, he argued that he just confused it with a seal on the road because sometimes seals apparently do go up on that road at that they time. They do? Yeah, because he's just like, listen, you said it's near the size of a seal. It's has the same skin as a seal. I think you're just confusing this with a, like, with a seal. Shit. 
And Arthur was just like, um, I know the seal. It's not a seal. Now, so, you know, again, you can argue either or. Um, but I want to talk about Maurice Burden for a bit because we're going to be talking about him a lot through this, uh, through the script. And right. I'm going to talk about why. And also, I hate to say it, but the Loch Ness Monster actually ruined this guy's life. What? I'm not joking. Oh, we're gonna How? Get but Burden was a probably the biggest skeptic of the Loch Ness Monster. All right. He that was because he was the main zoologist advisor for all of these newspapers from like the Inverine Courier oh. and a bunch of other the local newspapers in Scotland. So whenever like there would be a Loch Ness monster sighting, they would call him. Oh, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that was his job. He was a zoologist, but he mostly write, he mostly wrote children's books before this, but you know, again, his zoologist. Uh, okay. Um, and so he would investigate every single sighting. He wouldn't go to the place most of the time, but he wouldn't actually investigate the evidence. And he would try to explain them as rationally as possible because, you know, that's his job. Mm -hmm. uh, it even went to the point that he published a book called The Elusive Monster in 1961, where he tried to disprove the beast existence and went over pretty much every single sighting that he could in that book and tried to disprove it. Really? I actually tried to buy this book, but um, we're going to get into it later. But there's no second printings of it, so you can only get the first print of it. And it's over $200. Damn. It's a collector's like thing in the cryptozoology sphere. So, That's yeah. crazy. But anyway, um, so he tried to disprove it. but And so, you know, he tried to disprove it for years. Until, get this, like the last two years of his life, his friends convinced him that the Loch Ness Monster was real. Really? Because he read the book More Than Legend, which was a book that, you know, was just like, this is all the evidence for the Loch Ness Monster and why it is a modern dinosaur. Like, it's an actual dinosaur. Um, but before that, for the majority of his life, he became the resident Nessie skeptic and researcher of Loch Ness. Um. But as you can imagine, this brought a lot of negative attention to him and his career. Okay. In 1962, he became the essential face of hate for the Nessie Believer movement. Damn. Because at this point, Nessie had a massive movement. There was actual clubs of people in the United Kingdom dedicated to trying to find Loch Ness Monster with emission fees and everything. And it was headed by a man named Tim, Tim Dinsdale, which we're going to talk about again because he's again Tim? another big figure. Tim Dinsdale. Okay. He's another big figure. But he got especially heated at Maurice Burton because he called his actual video of the creature fake. Oh. So he got really mad at this. And this essentially ruined Maurice Burton's life. People started boycotting not just his work. Like, not just his Loch Ness Monster book, but also his children's books, which were the main source of his income. Oh, and they would no. stop buying the newspapers that published his opinion. Jesus. And he also did this stuff with his kids. Like, they would illustrate the children's books that he did and help That's publish terrible. them. And so it kind of screwed his kids over, too. That's and the terrible. only way that they would stop boycotting this is if he promised to never, like, do anything public about the Loch Ness again. And threw away, and throw away all of the, the, his work that he did on the Loch Ness monster, and never republish it. That's crazy. And that's what he did. 
Wow. All of it's gone, except the first edition published books and the original newspapers that you can still find in our archives. So I guess it's not gone, gone, but you know, like there's no republishings or anything like that. Like okay. all of his kids pretty much burned all of his personal like research just so they can like still make money. And he still has the reputation of a massive Loch Ness Nessie hater to this very day. Sam. I want to set the record straight. So that is who Maurice Byrne is. And that was his life because I just figured you'd, you're going to be hearing a lot about him throughout this. Okay. Throughout this I, I did. The reason that I looked it up is because I couldn't find information on him hardly anywhere. But his name would kept coming up constantly. It was like, oh, this was proven wrong, or this is the evidence given against it by a man named Maurice Burden. And so I I had to go on to like the actual like Loch Ness Center. Like I had to actually call them and ask about Maurice Burden. And then they gave me actual like places to go look for him. For oh, for real? Yeah, because that's kind of because that's how hard it was to find information on the guy. Wow. Yeah. Like after Damn. I knew after I knew where to look and I was able to make sure it was a reputable source, it, it was quite easy to do. But there's a lot of websites that did not have reputable sources on him and then just said he oh. was a, like a Nessie hater. Oh, like, wow. But anyway, uh, he can he just he argued that that again, he confused with the seal. Now it's time for another big one. The photo that you think of that like you think of when you think of Loch Ness photo like the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. The surgeon's photograph. Now you probably yeah. don't know the name of it, but when I post it in chat, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Da -da. For all of our viewers Look uh, how cute. on Spotify on the podcast you can hear on Spotify. Um, you know, it's the little one like with the black outline against the C. You all know exactly what it is, trust me. Um now, anyway, um, this was taken by a Pop Robert. Low head out. This was taken by a Robert Kenneth Wilson, and it was published in the Daily Mail on April twelfth, nineteen thirty-four. And this was the first major newspaper that actually talked of the beast, which made it even more popular. Um, the reason for the photo's name was fun fact because Wilson refused to have his name published, and so they had to make an alias. Oh, now, according to his original story and according to the newspaper article, he saw the monster while looking at the lock and then took four pictures of it with only two of them being good. And oh. for 60 years, this was believed to be true. Like they, this brought thousands of tourists and monster hunters to the region. And to this day, it, like they sell posters of it at Loch Ness. It's really. Massive. Yeah, it's still the main thing that people think of. This is like... That's crazy. This is what pops into your head when you think of Nessie. Like that video of Bigfoot walking in front of those guys, you know? Yep. When you think of Bigfoot. Exactly it. Now, skeptics, of course, have been around ever since the photo was, photo was first published. But it wasn't until much later, where upon closer inspection, they found out the photo was cropped. And that the Loch Ness Monster in the photo was actually way smaller than you thought. They cropped the original photo in order to make it look bigger. But it already looks small. Yeah, well, that's, that's the uncropped version I showed you right there. 
Oh. Yeah. And the crop version looked way bigger. Um, now, oh, if you also look close to it, look, you see the ripple effects around the monster. Yes. The monster. Those are ripple effects. If you look to the right, you can see that the ripple effects are going out more of that way. And you see something that looks similar to a line. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. That is incredibly similar to the exact same ripple effects that happened when something as small as being towed in the water. Really? Yes. Um, now, the God first public damn. outcry of its falsehood was on in a Sunday God Telegraph article. It. You're on ruining December it. 5th, 1975. Um, now, I wanted to actually look at the uh, exact article, but I had to pay $50 to uh, look at it, and I'm not doing oh. that. Um, it was like five, it was for five whole years of looking at archived like newspapers, which technically is a good deal, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that until like, you know, we start making money on this. Thing. That's crazy. Uh, if we ever do, probably not. But anyway, um, he ran a story stating the the photo was fake and giving all this evidence. I just told you about it. And so until it wasn't until 1991 where a man named Christian Sperling, the son-in-law of an infamous Nessie evidence faker came forth and admitted that he made the object depicted as Nessie in the photo. He admitted really? that that photo was in fact fake. And that what you, the monster you see was a prop he invented. That's. No. <laughs> it was a fake clay mold placed on top of a toy submarine that they towed. This toy was all. Submarine. Yes. And this was all done for his father-in-law, Orphil, to get revenge on the Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> a newspaper that published this really because he wasn't he he wanted to make money off this nessie thing so he faked evidence about nessie and so like he would he put fake uh like footprints near the lock and tried to sell the pictures to daily mail but then they found it out that it was fake and they discredited him damn and they're like we're not paying you for this and we're never going to hire you again get out and so, to get revenge on them, they planned this hoax and gave this photo to a reputable doctor, Robert Kenneth Wilson, to give it to the Daily Mail so they would trust it. And they took oh. it at face value. Wow. Because they're like, a reputable doctor would never, ever do something like this. So that's why when you said doctor. Yes. Okay. That's also why it's called the surgeon's photograph. Uh, now, our whole life uh, is a lie. The toy, by the way, if you're wondering, was sunk in the nest to get rid of the evidence and is supposedly still down there. Really? Yeah, we never found it. Let's, I'm going to go find it. They sunk. Dude, I would love it. Dude, imagine how much that would cost from like collectors. Dude. We'd that be rich. Be Dude, I would, that would be such a cool like thing to hold on to. Actually, <laughs> you know, I would. That, dude, I would that'd be that. like the coolest collection item. That would be. Can you imagine? Like, yeah, this is the uh, this is the fake submarine that they used to fake the surgeon's photograph. Yeah, like, dude, then break oh it. <laughs> then break. No, it's probably already broken. Bad. It's probably already broken anyway. But anyway, 
Um, now I do want to say why it is depressing. Oh, by the way, if you are wondering, um, that's also why he didn't want to give his name to the to like the public because he knew he would it would eventually come out as fake and he didn't want to ruin his reputation the doctor oh yeah true smart and also they did get paid for this <laughs> they got paid a lot so they, they got it through i didn't get the oh. exact amount but they got paid a lot for it so you know it made, yeah. it all, it made it all worth it anyway um it's incredibly sad that this turned out to be fake the most famous sighting of nessie ever turned out to be fake quite sad but it brought Dude, nessie ruined my childhood but this brought Nessie to the international stage. And with this photo, people finally put a face to the monster. And people were able to, like, you know, wonder about it. This, this one man single-handedly boosted Scotland's economy. To 42 million ever since. That's crazy. That's crazy. But in the same year, on July 13th, Edward Mountain, after reading a book about the Loch Ness Monster and its supposed existence, funded mm. a search for the beast. The very first search, which we're going to get into a lot more searches for it later. Um, search, because there's a lot of Loch Ness monster searches. Um, okay. Like, way more than you would actually think. Like, really? I, think I want to say that there's, like, more than Bigfoot. Wow. Because there is, there's also an organ, there's an organization for finding the Loch Ness monster, and there's an organization for finding Bigfoot, but there's a lot more, like, large-scale searches for the Loch Ness Monster. Because for Bigfoot, it's kind of just you got a bunch of guys going through with, like, somewhat advanced equipment going through the woods. But, like, for this, it's, you know, we're going to get into that. But it's, it's crazy. Um, anyway, so after reading a book on this, he funded a expedition for the Beast. Um, and he put six men with camera and binoculars around the lock. And he told them to hang out from six to nine for six days straight. Oh my God! He paid them a nine to five to look for the monster. Would you do that? Yeah, why not? Right? I would. You're getting paid money to like hang around a lock and just look for the beast. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. That'd be sick. Um, twenty photos were taken, but none were 20. close to the monster. Wow. What What so, were they? Ah, uh, they were like logs, or they were shadows in the water that you could argue looked like it, but not really. Ah. You know, it's like, ah, and this made Edward incredibly like disheartened, but he would return a um, little bit of a lightning round here, a little bit of a lightning round. Uh, nothing happened in four years. Uh, except a woman named Taylor who filmed the creature for three minutes oh. and she said she was going to publish it. OK, now our man Burden came back and he bought it from her before she could publish it. What? Now, this is, sounds weird, but at this point in time, from what I could find, Maurice Burden would find people that supposedly got pictures or films of the monster because he was being bothered about it so much. He would buy it from them just so he wouldn't have to deal with the pressure, like with the trouble it would cause his career if it got published and all the <laughs> attention he would get. That was how bad it was getting for, for poor Maurice at wow. this point. He would wow. buy the evidence and then like hide it away in his house so people could not bother him about it. That's Which so petty. It is petty, but I, I thought it was funny. It's like it's pretty petty, but I also thought it was really funny. Um I thought it was funny to like, talk about. But anyway. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. There's also there's a kind of a conspiracy theory that he actually had legit evidence of the monster, but it all got burned 
when really? like his children burned all the evidence. That's a, that's a theory. I don't really believe it, but you know, gosh. But he got a hold of it, and he did not show it to the public except for a single frame of the film that he put in one of his books, which again he disproved in in you know in the book. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's just like, this is obviously wrong. Look at this. It's 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 an otter. It's an otter. It's an otter. It's an otter. Yeah. But to be honest, I we found actual snippets of the film. And again, I'll, I just post a picture of one of the snippets. That's like, you know, it's not really. It's not really nothing. Mm. Yeah. It's like, I don't... A, it's like, oh, there's a dot back there. So I don't think I don't think we that's lost nothing. That's, uh, that could be a plant. <laughs> Yeah, but in the same four years, um, there was also a rumored monster hunting group around the Loch Ness that supposedly had extreme gear and illegal harpoon guns. What? According to some of the locals, and they wrote, even wrote to the government about it. And they're like, listen, there's these monster hunting groups, and they got extreme harpoon guns, and they're trying to hunt the Loch Ness monster in order to like sell it, sell its dead body. Damn. And it's like, oh. But they were never found. So, you know, so you, some people argue that it's like, oh, it just might be the locals, you know, getting a little bit stir crazy. Oh, but, you know. yeah. Uh, in 1954, uh, there was a not really a sighting, I want to say. But eh, it's not really a sighting, but there was a sonar sighting, I guess, of the creature. And it was 500 feet long below the boat. What? And then it ran away. So there was a 500 foot, well, I guess not ran, but swam away. Uh, oh. <laughs> it was like a 500 feet long creature in the water. And that, that caused a little bit of buzz. Man, what the hell? I would throw up. <laughs> I'm getting back on land right now, dude. I am not doing I would never go on water now. again. Heck no, dude. Uh, there was another... There was an, actually another photo was that was taken um, by a in 1955 by a Peter McNabb. He took a picture and he gave it to his friend Constance White. And Constance White was think of the exact opposite of Maurice Burden. Uh -huh. He's not a zoologist. He was probably one of the biggest uh, Nessie proponents. Mm. Uh, okay. And then basically he was just like, "Oh, look at this photo," and he published in his book. Uh, again, that's the photo, and then it got published in the actual paper in 1957 uh, in the Weekly Scotsman. Uh, and a bunch of other research, a bunch of other researchers asked for this exact same photo, but he gave them a very clearly edited version of it. Really? Yeah, to make him look more legit, he edited it and then gave it to them. Of course. So it yeah. sounds like one big hoax so far. I I kind of hate to say it, but so far it kind of does, right? Yeah. Because again, that's kind of the bad thing about the the quote the unbiased view we try to take here. We try to do as much evidence for and against it. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie. Um, when it comes to some cryptids, I actually wholeheartedly believe in them. Really? Yes. Like I fully believe that the chupacabra is real. Okay. I believe that there's an unidentified like dog creature in Mexico that we just don't know about that eats chickens. Uh, okay. I know, I know. 
but like deal, deal with me on this. I'll talk about it when we get in the Chupacabra episode. But I didn't believe in the Loch Ness monster when when went into this, so I'm kind of not really shocked by it. But don't worry, we're gonna get into a bunch more weird stuff about it. Um, but you know, a lot of people do like to believe in the Loch Ness monster because again, to be fair, there are a lot of photos and there are a lot of sonar sightings of the creature. Yeah, and with a history that goes all the way back to 300 AD. That's pretty, you that's know, a long time. That's a long history. And with literally the Scottish people that live next to it saying that they've seen monsters there for generations. It's like, you know, why not? Yeah, it makes sense um, to why they would do that. Um, but again, poor Constance definitely edited the photos on it, made it pretty obvious. And to, that will make him tonight's greatest. That will make him tonight's worst hoaxer. Can I get a round of applause? All right, so, but the book did bring back some excitement for the creature because by this point, the lack of sightings was kind of making the, you know, overall excitement go away. Now, in 1960, we got another big sighting of the creature, done by Tim, Tim Dinsdale, the guy I mentioned earlier. Tim uh, Dinsdale. He, he kind of became the head guy of the Nessie movement, I would argue, during this time. He All was right. an aeronautical engineer who, fun fact, by the way, I thought this was funny when doing research on him, during his service in the British Home Guard, he got shot in the hand with a, you know, with a bullet. And um, that bullet stayed in his hand for 28 years. Damn! They could not get it out. Um, that would be painful. I just cut my hand off. <laughs> I just cut my hand off. I but anyway, that bad. Um, the, British got ma- the British man read the article titled The Day I Saw the Monster in a tabloid-like magazine. And he okay. became obsessed with it. Really? He read whatever he could find on the creature. He read every single book for and against the monster. Like, he was obsessed. He became <laughs> a Nessie fanatic. Alright. Um, and, and this kind of reached a point until April 1960, where he funded a week-long expedition to the lock of his own money to find it. Mm. And this is where the most famous video of the monster comes from. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, and, also, and also, this is... Oh, never mind, never mind. We'll, we'll get into this after. What? No, I just want to talk about. I love Maurice Burton, dude. I <laughs> just, I love. <laughs> why'd you post so much? I love Maurice. <laughs> just, oh my goodness. But um, if you are wondering, there is actually a documentary you can buy on it. By the way, on Tim Dinsdale. Like, you buy actually, it? Yeah, there's a do- there's a documentary. It's oh, a very wow. old. But you can get it. Um. But anyway, that's one of the photos of you the know where season. at. Uh, I believe you might be able to still find it on Amazon because they made a remake of it. I believe on Amazon. Yeah, on Amazon, like Amazon Prime or Netflix or something. I didn't, I didn't actually watch it. Is it gonna come to my door or is it gonna come in? A no, day? it's like the online thing. I didn't actually watch it. We'll go over that for a second. I watched a, I, I watched a couple other documentaries, but I did not watch that one though. Because it was only about the Tim Dinsdale film. And I was just like, oh. You know what we should do for our podcast? 
What should we do for our podcast? We start taking mushrooms, and then we can have a reaction <laughs> channel, and we can react to our podcast. <laughs> Just to react to what we're saying. Like, yeah. yo, yo, this John guy's crazy. I wonder who he is. It's like, that's you. Oh, man. I sound like that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dude, you're just making it sound like we're not, we're ripping off Joe Rogan now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just smoke weed in the fucking podcast. Oh, okay, okay. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so he shot the most famous film ever shot of the creature, and it was forty of it was of a forty foot long. It was a forty foot long film. So you know, back then, super long, and it was just of this. What kind does of, that even mean? Oh, forty foot long. Um, like film back then was like. It wasn't, you know, video, obviously, like it is now. It was, like, actual yeah, tangible like film. ribbon. Yeah, it was, like, actually, like, tangible film. So it was, like, an actual ribbon. It but, was like, a 40 how foot long, long is 40 feet of film? It's 40 feet in film. Like, think of 40 feet. But how long is that? It's 40 feet long. <laughs> but how long is that, John? <laughs> you know how long one feet is? No, how long in terms of hours? Oh. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, dude, we are doing terrible today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is great. Goodness. <laughs> this is terrible. One feet of film in hours. I actually don't know. Uh, in hours, so forty hours. I'm not no. watching a forty hour documentary. <laughs> I don't know the exact film type uh, or the speed of it because it all depends on that. Imagine Plus somebody just... making a forty hour documentary on you. I would be terrified. I'd be like, holy shit, this okay. dude knows more than me. If it was a six, I didn't know the exact specifications of his camera. But if we're going with the fact, uh, what was the cameras back then? Like, uh, they were sick. Were they 16 millimeter? Dude, I don't know. I think okay. they probably had like an iPhone 4 back then. Okay. okay, let's go with the, let's go with the idea. So the max I could get if I put it on the barest level of millimeters is about 22 minutes. But 22 knowing how, minutes. knowing how long film was back then, I doubt, I bet it was like way less. Oh, you think it was less? I think it was less, yeah. Really? Because it was only about one shot that made it famous. So my guess is probably like in the seconds, probably like 40 or something. But again, the like the photo I posted in chat is part of the video. It's like that bump you can kind of see in the center. Uh, so anyway, he he described the creature as this giant moving hump in the water. Hmm. That's kind of what I saw. And he would actually moving. see the creature a bunch more times. In his life, supposedly. But he would never take another film or picture of it. That was the only picture? That was the only picture he ever took of it. Or I guess video, technically. That's a frame of a picture. But anyway, he gave it to the Defense Intelligent Fusion Center in Cambridge Shrine. But to see what they could say about it. and But all they said was, yeah, this thing is moving. They didn't really take it seriously. Um, Funnily enough, the film was updated to a a higher call quality in 1999 which showed the supposedly showed the underside of the creature in the water in the documentary Loch Ness Discovered that is a documentary really? um, yes 
And if you look at the, now the shadow underneath it brings in a lot of questions because if there's a shadow underneath it, it's more likely that, you know, this film was actually of something and not just his eyes or like the camera playing any tricks on him. Again, skeptics say that this is an overturned boat. An overturned boat? And poor lighting. Because if you notice, the lighting is absolutely terrible in the photo. Because uh, he yeah, did this near night. So they're like, this is an overturned boat. Uh, this is not an actual mm-hmm. beast. But, of course, our boy, Maurice Burden, went there himself and overturned a small boat and looked at it and was like, yeah, that's incredibly similar. Oh, really? Yeah, we're going to get into what Maurice Burden did, but actually, I don't think I am, but I'm just going to say, near the end of, like, near the, like, the tipping point he had with the Loch Ness Monster, because he was basically having beef with a cryptid at this point, um, he, like, he doesn't live next to the Loch Ness, he's the closest zoologist, like, you know, fully trained zoologist, so, yeah, close enough. He Mm. dedicated a whole week of, like, camping on the Loch Ness, and basically trying to recreate instances of sightings of it really yeah just to see like how much wow. of it could be true or false he spent a whole week hating on it that's crazy a number one hater he was a number one hater of lockness just because he was so sick and tired of people bothering him really that's it yeah. okay so imagine like you are a zoologist right you're not even a cryptozoologist you're just a zoologist all right and your main job is like giving like lectures at schools and colleges and you're generally relics respected. You write children's books, you know, you generally have a good like, you know, you're generally like well respected. Right. Uh-huh. And then this monster comes along that has entrapped everybody, everybody in a trance about it. And uh-huh. it's like, you know, you're not a cryptozoologist, but you try your best to answer the first questions when they come out. And then soon enough. People don't care about your like your lectures on animals. People don't care like about anything else about yeah. you. They only care about this monster. Yeah. Yeah. People don't ask when like his next series of children's books are coming out. People don't ask him to do lectures anymore. If they do ask him to do lectures, it's on the Loch Ness monster. Mm, his damn. entire career and to, up to this point, it was from what I could tell, it was a pretty successful like zoology career. What I can tell, at least, it's like completely gone because of this monster. People start losing respect I guess that's for him. A, I guess that's valid or no, a reason to be annoyed. Yeah, people like start stopped losing respect for him when he said he didn't like like the like believe in the creature. People started oh, again really? boycotting his products. Yeah, because think about like think about from two ways. One, like yo, this is awesome. So imagine like in our in like back when you know we lived together in like the same town imagine in that town like this unbelievable creature just started coming out of nowhere and people started seeing sightings of it imagine how crazy that would be like you would would... want to believe in that right right that'd be awesome and then this old like middle-aged dude with some who's like has a degree or whatever comes out of nowhere is like actually it's a it's just a normal frog Or it's a guy (laughs) in a mask or something like that, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he starts explaining it all the sightings away. And there's like no magic left in it. Oh, yeah. That's kind of how I imagine it. 
And like, he was just doing his job, but to everybody else, he was being a buzzkill. And like, look at all these, and like, you know, to the average person, they don't really care about all like that science crap. There's like, look, they're like, look at all the sightings. Look at all these photos. Crap. It must be real. That's, you know, and like, who can blame them? Honestly, like, again, remember, like in the past, like we only been talking about like, you know, like we're in the 1960s now, but if you were back in like the 1944s, there was like five prominent sightings from prominent figures in your community, a hotel manager, a doctor, like, you know, like a veterinarian student. These are all prominent people. Right. Like, sure, one of them maybe was, like, the guy that started, like, the main Pleosaurus, like, crap, may have been, like, a London tourist, but he was still a respected man. Sorry. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, but I just wanted, you know, you to see where these people's minds were going. And, like, what poor... I just, I don't know why, but doing research into this, I kind of fell in love with... No, I see... I kind of fell in love with Maurice Burden just because I feel so I love the idea of this guy just beefing with a cryptid. Dude, he literally he's like born just to like combat this thing. <laughs> he was he is so sick of it. Yeah, he I know he born. believed he believed in it in like the last two years of his life, but that's still so funny to me. He was just beefing with this cryptid. That's like if a journalist that lived in Point Pleasant was just sick and tired of all this Mothman stuff and made it his life's mission to discredit Mothman. True, that true. is so good. But anyway, and also like think about again, also from the town's perspective, even if you didn't believe in it, you were getting a bunch of tourists coming from all over the world and spending money. Yeah. And then you have this guy in the same town trying to sell his book about why the creature's not real. It's like that's bad for mm. business. It's bad for town morale and it's bad for business. Right. It's bad yeah. for capitalism too. Yeah. That's business. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. So it's bad for the people that generally believe in it. You know, they don't like you because you're a buzzkill and you're ruining the magic. And it's bad for people that see this as an opportunity to make money and bring people to the small, t- the formerly small town of Inverness. So back to what we were doing. Um, the skeptics, funnily enough, do not hold any ill will towards Tim. They do not think he's a hoaxer. Really? However, yeah, with how much he loved the Loch Ness Monster, and he has this kind of reputation for being a gullible guy. They think that he was legit just trying to confirm his bias towards the creature. And he, as soon as he saw like an overturned boat that was like slowly like going down in the water because of, uh-huh. you know, this flooding, he immediately was just, it's the creature. Um, <laughs> but regardless if this film was real or not. And again, if you guys want to watch the Loch Ness discovered, I watched the beginning where they remade it and I'm still not entirely convinced However, I will admit, I do not think it is an overturned boat. What do you think it is? I I honestly don't know, but it does not look like the Loch Ness Monster really either. So no, it's very weird. But anyway, unless unless the Loch Ness Monster is an overturned boat, maybe he looks like an overturned boat. Who knows? But anyway, regardless of this, Tim became the de facto leader of the Loch Ness community. He published several books on the creature. He went back to fund again several more expeditions. But these were more personal expeditions. Uh, they're now they were I guess technically weren't for business. Uh, they were more of just to help him like write his uh, books according to him. Okay. But he didn't take like a picture in any of them, but um, he did apparently like spot like the bumps and like a flipper one time, several really? times. Yeah. Hmm. Um, 
Which, you know, good for him, I guess. Or again, you know, maybe it's just his confirmation bias. Depends on who you ask. True. Um, in 1962, another one of these big searches began. And it lasted oh. 10 years. Oh. 10 whole years from 1962 to 1972. And it was called the Loch Ness Phenomena Investigation Bureau. Damn. And it was a I know it was a United Kingdom organization. Oh, by the way, these are the clubs I was talking about. These are one of the organizations I was talking about that was made by all these Nessie heads. Oh, uh, it was around at the time. Think of like Nessie at this point was basically Britain's version of Bigfoot. So, you know, it was big. No. Uh, the UK's, technically Scotland's, but like the UK's version of Bigfoot. It was big. Um, okay. It was formed in 1962 by Norman Collins. David James, Peter Scott, and a man I mentioned earlier, Constance White. And it was to investigate all the Nessie sightings. And they were in, in 1967, so five years after they stopped, started this, they were given $20,000. They were given a $20,000 grant to perform a two-year search in the lock by the World Book Encyclopedia to try to find like evidence of this creature. So they gave him $20,000 to find it? Yes, and that was a 1967 money. That's $180,000 now. Wow. Yeah, dude. Like, holy crap. That is... So they gave him almost $200,000 just to look for this thing. That's crazy. Now, the group had... Car they, had a, a, they had camps located on all the mountains around the lock and had over 1,000 members helping them with this. Damn. And so in 1967, a man named Gordon Tucker brought new sonar technology and hoped to find the beast, and he used it for over two weeks on the lock. But he sadly found nothing. Really? It's important to note that the sonar technology technically could not go over the entirety of the lock, but, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a good portion. And you would think in two weeks, a monster would, you know, explore around the lock evenly, but, you know, again, it's a big lock. You can argue either way. Goddamn. Um, so in August 8th, 1972, uh, you know, final year of it, um, a new expedition began. Man by a name of Robert Rines. Robert Rines is again another famous name we're going to be talking about because he started four massive Nessie expeditions. And this is the first one. Um, so the first one, he used sonar yeah. technology. But unlike the other earlier one, he found something. He found he a did? he found the twenty the foot twenty to thirty foot long creature along like with this and a below camera shot of one of the beast's flippers. Really? Which I am looking for my you know I like to I uh I have a photo of uh I have a photo of all this crap you know I'm in the uh, sorry I have all these I have a photo I have a folder of all these photos. And, you know, I post them in the chat over time. But again, the right side's an artist rendition, and the left side is like a high quality version of the flipper. So you made wait. There's like a the right version version. is an artist rendition that was put on uh that was put on the uh shit. Sorry. I mean crap. Can't cuss too much. But um it was the right one was an artist rendition made by a child, and the left version was a uh, uh sorry was a the supposed flipper hmm. yes supposed um, flipper 
the supposed flipper. Now, I do want to say that we do have to admit that Rhines faked a lot of his um, scientific credentials and history. So he may not be the best person to take at face value. Okay. But it is important that I think that when you're hunting cryptids, you really honestly do not need, like you're hunting an animal. I don't think that you need that much scientific background to do that, if we're being honest here. Uh, if you understand, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but again, that's, that's a higher quality one. And, you know, this is the lower quality one with the two pictures that he took. Um, now, those like those look pretty cool, right? They look. Um, they look like flippers. They look, yeah, they look pretty. They look like flippers. It is incredible. Now, some people, of course, believe that these are flippers, and as you can imagine, a lot of people think it's fake. Okay. Again, as we gone through this. Now, um, what a lot of the skeptics say is that this is actually just fish. Fish? The higher quality one doesn't look like it because, again, it's a higher, by higher quality, it just means that they updated it for the use of technology on the original one. So, you know, it doesn't, you don't get the actual thing of what it was. You just get the thing that they thought it was. But if you look at the ah. lower one, if you look at the lower one, you can kind of see... If you like squint a bit, you can kind of see it. it looks reminiscent of like a stingray or like a mass of fish near the end. Mm. Yes. So um, um, it's also very kind of meh. Um, but I don't want to be too mean to him because he did a he did a lot of stuff. And I do want to say one more thing before we continue on. He did die at the age of eighty-seven in two thousand and nine, I believe. So oh, rest in peace, rest Robert in peace. Ryan's. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't see why people were making fun of you for, um, your made up scientific history. Uh, I, but um, you know, you're a real one. Died in two thousand nine. Uh, he was also an inventor, by the way. An inventor. He was an inventor and a musician, but nobody really knows what he invented. If we're being what honest, was, do you know? Uh. Like, all I could find on him was actually, like, the Loch Ness Monster. Oh. I could, uh... I, I know he helped with a salmon farming operation, I believe. Salmon? Salmon, yeah, like the fish. He was a, he was a lecturer. But, um... Apparently, he left 72 patents. I'm just looking at this. Um... Did he, so did he make anything? I'm just doing, sorry. I'm doing a quick read right here. He developed the early microwave warning system. Warning system. Yeah, the beep that you hear when the microwave goes off. He apparently helped develop that. The very first one. That's dumb. <laughs> well, that's why we don't remember him for his inventions. Okay. <laughs> that's terrible. Don't make fun of him. Don't make fun of him. But anyway, this flipper. Again, this flipper, that is what he's mostly known for. And, of course, a lot of people say it's a hoax. Um, and a lot of people just think it's two animals swimming together, a bunch of other stuff like that. Um, but, you know, anyway, on to the next thing, because I feel like we've been dilly-dallying on this one a bit too much. But okay. three years later, 
a second sonar test was done with an attempt to make Nessie join the British Registry for National Wildlife. Really? This failed. Damn. But what, what they tried to do is that they tried to, you know, officially make Nessie become a recognized animal, which Brandon was just like, oh, once you come up with an actual, like, real picture of the thing, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. But you you guys are not finding it. Which, ouch, that's mean. But anyway, um, a second sonar that was done detected two 30-feet-long creatures and also took a picture of ma- of two supposed mass like massive animals, but there was a crap ton of bubbles ar- around them, so you can't really see them. Oh, yeah. Um, some people say that they can kind of like you know see it, but I I don't know where they're getting that from honestly, because I can't uh-huh. not I cannot like find anything in it. I'm just I'm I'm. I'm not gonna bother posting in the chat, but I'll I'll post it in if we ever make the if I ever learn guys. Also, I want to say real quick, divert real quick. I've been trying to figure out video editing software. It's just hard with college and two jobs to do this all at once and make the script. So I'm trying my best over here, guys. But anyway, um, so this reason this published was only it, this photo, the bubble photo, was only published once. It's never only published again. Once. And again, a lot of all the skeptics are like, there's nothing in there. It's just photos. But according to a large portion of the Loch Ness community that saw the photo, they swear it's real. Oh, yeah, it's real, like people, man. People would go to like people would go to their deathbeds and a lot of Loch Ness residents would be like, this, this is real. Maybe the Sturgeon's photograph is real, but this one is real. I saw really? it. Really? Yeah, they were very they were very adamant about it. It's, you know, it's authenticity. Um, in 1977, there was a small hoax by a magician that just wanted attention. He tried to do a little small hoax. Uh, uh, it didn't. It you know it failed. Did it, all people like even the people in Loch Ness were like, "Yeah, that's a hoax. We're we're laughing at you. You're, you suck." Um, but nothing happened until ten years later. <laughs> nothing notable happened until 1987, or Operation Deep Scan happened, where 24 boats with echo sound equipment. All released their like sound equipment at the exact same time, all across the lock. For real? Yes. Uh, now, according to BBC, you know British broadcast channel, whatever, the only news uh-huh. that they were the only news channel to say anything about the first wave, and what they found was something of mysterious length and size that they couldn't really understand. Hmm. But then they did a second one. And that mysterious-sized being disappeared. And they only found free animals that were seals. Damn. So the first one, there was a mysterious creature. Second one, there was a, there was free seals. Um, three seals. A bunch of people tried to like be like, oh, a bunch of people that were involved in Operation Deep Scan were just like, this must be the month. But even the event organizers were just like, Dude, this is, these are seals. Really? Yeah, there's like some of them, like some of the event organizers, like this is Nessie, and there's like no, uh, they're they're seals, they're seals. It's like oh, so sad. Damn. Now Robert, by this point, was on his fourth try, and he was involved in all these other tries, but he was on his fourth try, and he videotaped the bottom of the ocean, but he didn't really find anything, except, funnily enough, he found like foreign fungi he found invasive fungi that was not supposed to be in the area so he accidentally found an invasive species hey at least he found something 
And the weirdest part is that that fungi technically should not be able to exist in the lock. Why? Be- it's just not adapted to the lake environment. Oh. And it, it was just kind of this weird thing where, you know, scientists were more worried about there's an invasive fungi than a monster there, which, you know, I thought was, I thought was kind of fun. Um, but weirdly enough, that also kind of brings some proof to the Loch Ness. Does a little it? Bit. Yeah, I guess kind of, because some people argue that what other, other creature could have possibly picked, like, brought a mysterious fungus over from a place it shouldn't have been than of, like, a living dinosaur. And it's just like, I don't know about that. I think a human can easily do that too, but you know, let people have fun. Um, Mm, Yeah. yeah. Um, In 2003, there was a large, but ultimately failed search that was sponsored by the BBC. And by failed, I mean, it was massive. A lot of people attended, but they didn't really do anything. Uh, And of course, since they didn't really do anything, nothing was found. So, you know, um, then on May 26, 2007, Gordon Holmes supposedly took a, like a video of the creature moving through the water and was published on BBC Scotland. However, uh, skeptics say that that is a seal. Uh, I'm posting it in chat, by the way, if you're wondering, but it's like, um, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's something moving fast through the water. Can't really get a look at it, but it's something moving fast through the water. Uh, anyway, in 2008, Robert did his final search. Because... Oh, uh, that's just me. Oh, that's just you in the water? Yeah, it's just me. Sorry, I was, I was, I was going swim. for a swim. I was, My bad. My bad, guys. I didn't mean to confuse anybody. Uh, I'm glad we cleared that up, though. I'm <laughs> uh, 2008, so one year before Robert died... Um, this was actually a very sad moment for Robert, not because he's going to die, but because this was kind of his last search because there was kind of this drought of sightings or at least serious sightings that was happening during this time. And he thought that Nessie went extinct. Oh, he thought that like the Loch Ness monster was like flat out dead. <laughs> like it died due to like, like lack of mates and it going to hang out for so long. And so he was like actually disheartened. Like he was very sad. Damn. And so this last search was, get this, not for the look of a living creature, but for its corpse. Really? Yeah, he was, as you can imagine, he was very sad about this. But I guess he thankfully, question mark, he found nothing. He found nothing? Yeah, he found nothing. Um, His search was only a sonar on the bottom of the sonar that only like covered the bottom of the ocean floor. So he didn't do any of the above ocean. It was on oh. the bottom. So, I mean, again, I guess you could argue that maybe the Loch Ness Monster is still out there. Yeah, maybe. He did, he, it on, uh... he did it on a boat, so, you know, could have dodged and all that stuff. But, again, there was no bodies on the ocean floor, which bodies on the ocean floor is, again, I'm going to be completely honest here. He would have not have found anything either if there was a Loch Ness Monster corpse on the bottom of, like, the lake because of, like, there's no, there's not really any dead bodies in the water because of the amount of scavengers that is in the, like, that are in bodies of water. Not just the Mm. ocean, but like lakes and everything. Like dead bodies do not hang out long, typically, unless the water is terribly polluted. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I just want to say that because, you know, microbes or smaller fish will eat at the dead bodies. Like they do not last long. Maybe again, maybe a massive like sea creature might take a bit longer to digest, but you get what I'm saying. 
Yeah. Okay. Now, again, nothing happened until three years later, 2011, where a Marcus Atkinson showed the world a sonar for a photograph of an unidentifiable object following his oh. boat for two minutes. And he swore it was Nessie. Um, again, I am posting the picture in the chat as soon as it loads. Um, it, it was, again, another sonar picture. Uh, and I will admit, it's kind of a bit, it's a bit weird. It is this long serpent-like thing on sonar. Um, which, if you listen huh. to skeptics, it is algae. Okay, ruined. Because okay. algae, al algae produces a little bit of oxygen and heat, so that's just a clump of al algae he got connected to his boat. Damn. Which honestly, I think, honestly, I think that's the explanation that makes the most sense so far. Dude, algae. Yeah, because so you algae actually produces more oxygen than trees do. Mm mm. Yeah. So like why actually, are we just cutting down all the trees? <laughs> I like that idea. No. Oh man. But um, yeah. So the plankton in the in our ocean and the algae that is in our ocean, they produce more oxygen than the largest trees. That's crazy. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, we still need trees, of course. I'm not saying we don't need trees, but plankton and algae, you know, like eighty per. I believe it's eighty percent of like. You know, oxygen comes from the ocean. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. 50 to, 50 to 80%. That's an estimation. God damn it. You think I give a fuck about these trees anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. No, my bad. No. My bad, slime. Uh, oh my now, in the same year, George Edwards returned. If you remember him. Oh, you remember George Edwards? He's back. He's back, my guy. He is back. Oh man, uh, you know it's kind of funny because we had George Edward too. I mean, we had George Spicer. I was gonna I, say, I was wait, yeah, we had George Spi Spicer, but he took a photo after 26 years of trying to find this creature, dude. 20, 26 years, he finally took a picture of it. All right, I can't wait. He finally took a picture of it. Um, now, um, so he he has been looking for this creature forever, and after twenty six years of was it twenty six years or was it eleven? Uh, yeah, twenty six years, twenty six years of trying to find the monster and also taking tourists on ship rides to famous Nessie locations on the lock. Ooh. So he he was like he was a tourist. It's supposed to be Nessie. So that photo I took, that's supposed to be Nessie. And also that's, fun fact. Also uh, fun fact, real quick. Um, he doesn't think Nessie's a dinosaur. He thinks that manatee. He thinks that it is a new relative of manatee and a reptile. He thinks it's a manatee reptile mix. Really? Due to the description of the seal sighting, yeah. Why does it look like a like an earless bunny in the snow? <laughs> that photo I put the photo that is that he took. Yeah. Um now again this I hate to admit it, but this photo is fake. 
What? He admitted to it. The photo is fake. The photo is fake. And what do you mean? Well, at first, people were like, this is real. This is crazy. Like, this is amazing. And he got a lot of more business, but he actually has a history of sending fake photographs to the mail. Is, is, are, you, are you serious? He has sent a lot of fake photos of the creature multiple times, yes. Because if you listen to him, he loves the creature so much, and he loves the history of the flock so much that he just wants to keep the legend alive. And he doesn't really care if the creature is real or not. He kind of does. He wants the creature to be real, but... He, you know, 26 years of not finding anything, you know. Yeah. He, he just wanted people to share the same love he found. Some more meaner people think that he did it just to drum up business. Mm. Which I'm not going to say that because I think that's mean. Uh, but I kind of, I just kind of like to imagine um, that, you know, he, he was just a guy that really liked the Loch Ness Monster. And he, he was really proud of his, like the place's history and the monster's history. And he just wanted to spread that with the world. And want to make people believe again. See, that's the prop. I posted a picture with him and the prop. Nothing too bad. Nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like... I don't know, yeah. but at the same time, I don't know. It's I kind of... Know. I think it's... I'm not condoning... Like, I'm not condemning you to go out and fake a cryptid sighting or anything, but I, I, I mean, think it it's sounds like something I do. It does sound like something you would do, though. Honestly, it does sound like something you would do. Oh, my goodness. But um, anyway, um, nothing happened until 2014. I can't believe that, though. Yeah, it kind of sucks that he faked it. But yeah, at least he came up and owned up to it, right? Yeah. In the same year, too. It was in the same year. Because he was finally like, okay, you guys got me. But anyway, um, the next one was in 2014, where just like many strange occurrences... Apple Maps supposedly caught a picture of the Loch Ness Monster. No way. Again, here's a photo. Um, a lot of people legit thought that this was the Loch Ness Monster. And if you look at it, it kind of looks like a whale. If you ask me. Just loading. Oh, okay. But if you look at it, it kind of looks like a whale. Come on. Think it faster. Girl. Oh, a whale? Oh, yeah. It kind of does look like a whale, right? Yeah. It kind of looks like a big mouth fish. Yeah. And like this actually brought back some old school consp- like crypt- cryptozoology mates to be like, you know, maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's a whale, just like all these saw. Maybe it's not oh, an actual dinosaur. God. Maybe all the maybe this hump is actually just it's sticking out its blowhole to breathe. And that's what all these sightings are. It like it was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I thought that. I think it was pretty cool. And if you're wondering, by the way, that's 98 feet long. Really? Yes. Now, again, I'm going to be going over the evidence against it. Um, be- and also, if you do try to find it nowadays, you're not going to find it. They removed it. They up- yeah. they up- Once they updated it, the- it's gone, you know, because they- once they updated it, the original's gone. Um, so there is a photo called the Jacobite Queen that goes around Loch Ness rather, rather frequently. And is a big boat so it pushes out a wave in front of it and if you don't know a boat wave is basically a future shadow of the boat that is rippled in the water in front of it 
So as you can see in the photo I posted of the Jacobite queen, of its appearance in the water and of the Loch Ness supposed monster side by side. Oh. It does look pretty similar, doesn't it? Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then next, um, there was another search done in 2018 where, inter where there was an, an internal university collaboration looked into the DNA of the lake. The DNA of the lake? Yeah, like they actually, they did DNA testing of the lake and they found nothing that would point to a like dinosaur or unexplained beast. However, they fought a, they found a lot of eels. Eels? Yeah, which is weird because like I couldn't find anything about eels in the Loch Ness. This was the very first time I heard about it. So I don't know if this was like a big discovery or not. I like to imagine it is. I feel like it is. There's like, there's like, there's so many eels. They, they like discovered that there's new eel species in the Loch Ness that I just, and I just did not find that in my research. That'd be so cool. <laughs> they, they, they didn't find it. This has actually made some people guess that like Nessie might be an like part eel or something. Part because eel. there was, yeah, because there was some eel DNA that was, there was like, this is eel DNA, but there's something weird about it. It's like we don't know what's wrong with it, but there's like something weird about it. So you know, some people are like, maybe that's Nessie, maybe, maybe. And it's like, Ooh, oh, we know. don't know what's weird about it though. Um, next, what happened was we oh, we're in the modern day now, we're in okay. 2023. Um, oh, and if you if you're wondering, well, I guess not modern day, but you know, 2023. Uh, 2023 has been booming with sightings of the Loch Ness monster. No way. It is crazy. There was roughly five major news articles about the creature. Get and again, for the sake of sign, I'm not going to go over all of them, but I implore our viewers to look at them. Um, again, as you can imagine, skeptics have come out and people, Slognes supporters have come out. And there has like been five major news articles, five major pictures of the beast in 2023 alone. Dude, that's crazy. Now, this has gone... This like the phenomenon has like become so big again that a week long Nessie hunt, the longest Nessie yearly Nessie hunt done, was done in 2023. Mm -mm. Though nothing of note was reportedly found. But there is so uh, how did it become so popular in 2023? There is no explanation for it. Really? Now, Nessie. That is where Nessie is like after this supposed like pretty big dark age of Nessie sightings for like 2018 to 20, like 20, you know, like 2023, I guess, like the dark age of Nessie sightings. This is all spread out because for those that didn't. So I want to talk about this because this is going to sound really dumb to some people. And I just want people to like not make fun of this. I'm going to try to be serious with this one, but Okay. Stuff like cryptids are important to like a lot of people. Yeah. So there has been like these yearly like Loch Ness monsters, like basically like searches for just like tourists to come to and, you know, have fun, like looking for the creature and stuff like that. And sometimes they take pictures and they say that they find something, but, you know, it's usually it's usually nothing. Um, but when 2020 happened, I mean, you know, COVID and, you know, there was no Nessie sightings. No tourists were coming to the town anymore. Um, so, you know, that main Very outlet, true. that main outlet for like cryptid believers and people that were really into this stuff, they had nowhere to turn to. 
This was a thing that this is a thing that they really looked forward to, like the Mothman Festival in America. Um, like this is a thing that people that really enjoy this weird, like crazy, like awesome part of the world and science in general, um, like would like to talk about it and like not be made fun of for believing in this stuff. And you know what? I think like they have a right to that. Yeah. I mean, I believe in some cryptids. I may not believe I'll, I'll admit it. I don't really believe in the Loch Ness monster, but I believe in a lot of cryptids. Actually, I believe in the, I fully 100% believe in the Yeti. Like I actually unironically believe in the Yeti. I'm not going to lie there. That's interesting. You should do an episode where you can. You should do an episode. I'll do the next one. Well, I already have the scripts for the next two episodes done. So sadly, that's not going to be up till the next two, but maybe in the future. But um, uh, we're going to have to record one before I go to Vegas. Well, this was a big thing for people. This was a big thing for people to do. And so when this, this was taken away from them for three whole years. And so when 2020 happened. happened, yeah, when COVID happened. And in 2023, it was brought back up, and tens of thousands of tourists flocked back. Like tens of thousands of people showed up. They were and probably again, so happy. They were probably like ecstatic. Like the Block Nest Museum was open again. They had a new like curator. They were going all in. Like the the actual like organizers of this event were like unironically like fully in on this like they were going out on the sea themselves like all the towns people were involved it was a big deal crazy it was crazy but usually they don't do that but they did this year it was crazy and you know i just wanted to like say how big of a deal it is for these people and i'll i'll admit i think that cryptids are important i think they're awesome and i think that they're important and stuff like that they are pretty cool they are pretty cool Um, i don't know if there's any that i can like say i truly believe in them well, you don't know that many. You don't know that many yet. I don't know that many, no. You don't know that many yet. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to say that. I just want to be serious for a second. Um, now, anyway. Um, what a joke. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's so terrible. Oh, man. But I just think it's, I just think it's amazing that a lot of people have attached, like, this much, that, that have attached meaning to things like this. And uh, I've attached meaning like this to things like too. So I, I just think it's cool. I think it's important. Um, but anyway, on to the next part. I do want to say that this is in fact a mystery podcast. Obviously this is a mystery podcast. We like talking about unsolved things. Uh, right, we like right. talking about cryptids. We like talking about uh, government conspiracies. We, I have a plan to cover a, you know, unsolved like murders in the future. Um, stuff like that. Um, but like I said, we like to be oh, unbiased. Jason the killer. Yo, Vorhees. Yo, Friday the thirteenth. I love that movie, but anyway. We try to be unbiased on this podcast. And as <clears throat> again, throughout this episode, as you may have been saying, I've been giving answers along with each one of these sightings. No matter if they're big or small answers or and or sightings. Because I want to show both sides of the story. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. Now, I do want to say that I have cut out the insane explanations that have been used. Because a lot of the explanations that people have been, that people have used in the past have been honestly more crazy than the idea of a lock, of the Loch Ness Monster. Which, really? 
In every single Loch Ness sighting, I found at least two scientists claiming that it was an elephant. In the water? In the water. And that the neck or the hump you see is the elephant's trunk and or its back. What? And that is just... Dude, I just made a connection. Yeah. I just made a connection. What do you mean? So, like, they say that's a swimming elephant, right? Yeah. Remember at the beginning when I talked about the elephant thing with flippers that the picks wrote on the stone carvings? Oh, yeah. Dude! We're looking for the wrong creature, dude. Dude, dude, it's an elephant. dude, what if it's a, it's a, it's a swimming elephant that's in it. It's not locked. It's not, it's not a plea of source. It's a swimming elephant. What about that? Dude, I think we have to go to the lock. I think we have to go to Loch Ness. We need to bring this incredible information. I just thought of that. This is groundbreaking. This is groundbreaking. But anyway, I just think that kind of sums up how crazy some of the explanations are. It's just like, this is not a, you guys are dumb if you think this is a dinosaur. This is obviously a escaped zoo elephant. It's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Some people, came from think, the San some Diego people think it's a, some people think it's like an unidentified, like uh eel species, which you know what? I'd be down for that. I think that's pretty cool. Honestly. I think if it was an unidentified, like really long eel, that'd be really cool. Actually. I'd be down for that. Um, that would be now, cool, I guess. as a lot of viewers are going to be mad at me because there has been a lot of hoaxes that I did not go over. A lot of the skeptics are going to be mad at me because there's a lot of hoaxes I skipped over, and a lot of the believers are going to be mad at me because there's been over 1,100 official sightings of the monster. Whoa, there's over been 1,100. Which is almost the same amount of UFO sightings there has been next to Area 51, if you remember that in the first episode. <sighs> Which is, again, insane. So I, I've, I only went over the famous ones in this episode. If people really liked us talking about the Loch Ness Monster. We might make a part two in the future where we talk about, because again, I did not talk about the five sightings that happened in 2023. Uh, because again, most of those were just like, this guy took a picture and then skeptics like, you know, try to ruin it, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Pretty much the same thing. One guy did fly a drone and uh, supposedly caught something, but again, skeptics try to ruin it. Uh, very much. That's pretty much all of them. It's like, this guy actually took a picture of it, but then skeptics like said, it's not real. So just wanted to say that. But again, I believe that is the end of our episode. Alright, dude. I do not believe. <laughs> well, yeah. be honest. Be honest. Okay, okay, okay. So, again, people are allowed to have their opinions and all that stuff. Personally, I don't believe it. Um, but I also believe that, again, I've only gone over the most, like, correct, quote-unquote, reasoning that I have found. Okay, yeah. And there's also a lot more that we haven't gone over. Yes. I've only gone over the most famous ones. Based on the information I heard, and I I have given you, yes, I don't. And I, I also do want to admit again. This a lot of the scientists' reasoning is again no longer as, like, cra as crazy as the belief, like with the elephant one, because some of them just come up with whatever. I swear they come up with whatever too. It's like they're fantasy writers half the time. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. That's also why I have such respect for Maurice Burden because. 
at that time, again, researchers would be like, oh, it's a swimming elephant. Oh, it's not a pleosaurus. It's a giant undiscovered eel or something like, and he would actually come out and be like, no, you guys are crazy. It is an otter. And again, I just have, I just got respect for that, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's the end of the episode. I hope that you guys learned something about the Loch Ness Monster today. I also hope that you guys formed your own opinion around the creature. Do not let me and those, you know, personal, like, uh, personal opinions get in the way of this. Because I think that beliefs and that having a belief in things like this is cool. Uh, yeah. It's cool. Exactly. What's the, what's the point of life if there's not something fantastical out there? Exactly. Man, it's not Sunday, but I feel like I just preach to the choir. But anyway, uh, I mean, you guys are listening to like a mystery podcast. Like our first episode was Area 51. You're going to believe in whatever you want to believe. Come on. Uh, <laughs> sorry. But anyway, uh, I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. And uh, me and Doe are signing out. See y'all. See you all. And don't forget to tell your friends about this. See you guys next week. Hope you guys had fun with the most this more casual episode. I figured we could use it after the topics we went over in the first two episodes. You know, uh, Nazis and secret government bases will do that to somebody. <laughs> but no spoilers. Next week's episode is going to be the darkest one yet. So look forward to that. Oh. All right. And signing off. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. See you all.